Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to a special episode of The Ruck, the rugby podcast brought to you by The Times and Sunday Times. My name is Alan Dimmick and I'm the features editor of Rugby World magazine. Today we're diving into the world of Nate Ebner, a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots and a member of the USA Sevens team at the 2016 Rio Olympics. We catch him as he attempts to make a second Olympic appearance, this time at the Tokyo Games. We talk through his passions colliding, his successes and what lies ahead. Joined virtually from California by Nate Ebner. Nate, how are you doing? It looks like you just finished a hard session. I'm um, I'm good. Yeah, I just got just got out of training. Just got home. So sorry, I'm late. Oh no, not at all. So uh, I'm imagining preparations for the Olympic Games. A lot of jostling for squad positions. Sevens ain't exactly the easiest of sports to get to. Anyway, what have they what have they been putting you through your paces in? Oh uh, yeah, I mean you know how it goes. Sevens is a ton of conditioning. Obviously, a bunch of team drills oriented around skills, passing. You got to be able to pass the ball accurately and effectively at very high speeds. You know, that that skill never goes away in that game. So you always need that ability. Obviously, um, you've got your own systems within your team stuff that you want to do and kind of see those pictures as a, as a team the same way. So it's, it's getting on that same page. And, you know, ultimately, it's it's a uh, tough physical task that you got to continually work at because sevens is probably one of the most grueling games I can imagine uh, that I've definitely personally taken part in. And um, yeah, it's, it's a constant battle to, to be as fit as, as you possibly can be. So Now, obviously we'll talk about the Olympics that's on the horizon, but Nate, you've, you've won Super Bowls. You've been to an Olympic games already. You co-own a, a rugby team as well, but, all that said, can you still remember the first time you were knocked on your arse playing rugby? Like got hit good? You know, I try to I try to put the bad memories, you know, in a place where I can't reach them anymore. I remember the good ones, though. I do remember my first tackle and uh, my first time playing in a game. I'll tell you this. I remember my first game in, in a men's game when I was 13 and, and getting raked at the bottom of a, of a ruck. You know, when it was our ball, the other guys raking me. I was just like, "What's going on?" So that was a that was an eye-opening experience. At at thirteen, getting raked at the bottom of a pile. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, imagine going through that and going, "You know what? I, I fancy a bit of this. I wanna I wanna stick with this." How 
for those that don't know your story, Nate, I wonder if you could just give us a, a bit of detail about how, why rugby? How did you get into this sport in the first place? Because whilst a lot of people will know you for your exploits in the NFL, some people might not know that rugby really was your first love. Yeah, absolutely. Rugby has been a part of my life really from day one. You know, I picked up a ball probably six, seven years old, but, you know, my mom had me in a in a cradle thing or, you know, on the sidelines watching my dad's games. So, Although it's not a biggest sport in the United States, or especially in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was a big part of my dad's life. He loved rugby and he loved the culture and the teammates. And uh, it was something I was just immensely exposed to at a, at a young age and really throughout my entire childhood. And we did a lot together. We played a bunch of different sports, but rugby really had a good foothold for me because it was not only something I was around as, as a youth, but you know, as an athlete, it was something I kind of gravitated towards. I started to be a decent player at a fairly young age. And, you know, when you're good at anything, you kind of gravitate towards it. So, you know, rugby has been in my life through and through. I ended up being on the junior national team for three under 19, well, two under 19 and one under 20 World Cups. I started that at 16. So it's really just been in my life through and through and continues to be so. So how did uh, football overtake? You know, how did you, a lot of people have seen you make it to the NFL and obviously you experienced a lot of success, but you had to start somewhere. If rugby was your first love, where the hell did football take over? We got to get you, uh, we got to get you one of my books I just came out with uh, two weeks ago, May 11th, uh, Finish Strong. I, I got into football because one, I'm an American, right? And it's just like, you can't look anywhere without seeing American football. And um you know, I'm at a point where college rugby is kind of my only outlet. I've played in my junior World Cups. I, I was 19 years old. I, I was only two years into college. You know, I just kind of had gotten to that point where it was like, what's next for me? And in the United States, unfortunately, there were no professional leagues. There was no MLR. There was no, um, you know, league for me to make a career out of the sport unless I wanted to go to a different country which at the time like I wasn't that wasn't really an option I told my parents I'd get my degree I'd finish I'd I'd get that you know done and so I was kind of stuck playing club rugby at Ohio State and um, no offense to them it just wasn't the level after playing at you know international junior world cups to club college rugby in, in the United States just it wasn't it and um that's when I started to look in other directions. And, and, you know, like I said, football, American football is everywhere in the U S and I'm going to a school like Ohio state, which is, you know, the sport, you know, the school for football in in uh, the United States uh, amongst Alabama. And really it's those two schools. And yeah, it was hard to avoid the fact that it was right there in my face. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try this. And, you know, fortunate for me, I, I walked on, I made the team and I made a path for myself and it all worked out, but, you know, rugby didn't get left behind forever. It was just kind of always in the, in the back burner. And, um, you know, the NFL is such a hostile environment and career to try to make a living out of that. I figured I wouldn't last very long anyway. So I would always have rugby to go back to when that ended. And fortunate enough for me, I'm, I'm still playing in the NFL going into my 10th year this year, but not many people play that long. And and realistically, I didn't expect that. And I I was always 
knew I'd come back to rugby, but I wasn't sure at what capacity. So it's it's always been a part of my life and, and always will be. I think very modest there to say that you're, you've done all right in, in, in football. I think a lot of people would accept that you've you've achieved some spectacular things there. For someone, you know, for going from a walk-on to a first Super Bowl, were there, were there moments there when you were away to compete in your first Super Bowl where you thought, geez, how did I get here? Or, you know, did it all sort of make sense as a journey to that point? You know, in a, in a way, you you have that thought processes, especially about your the first Super Bowl was like, you know, this is it, right? You reflect on everything you've gone through to get to that point. But outside the, of the Super Bowl, really everything that I envisioned that happened in my life, I envisioned before I wanted to walk onto the football team at Ohio State. I expected to make that team before it happened, and that's what happened. I expected that I would earn a scholarship eventually. I did earn a scholarship eventually. You know, my goal was to make it in the NFL. Um, I didn't think in a million years I'd get drafted. I ended up getting drafted. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of luck involved there. I got, you know, drafted to the team with the greatest player of all time with probably one of the biggest dynasties in all of sports. And, you know, I played my role for eight years there and I fit in pretty well, but there was a lot of luck that I went to that team. I could have gone to another team. And yeah, so to find myself in my first Super Bowl. You know, I knew I was on a great team so that it really wasn't a surprise that we were there. Right. I mean, they had just been in the Super Bowl, you know, against the Giants in 2011, the year before I was drafted. So I knew I was going to a fairly good team. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously being in that Super Bowl and, and taking that moment in, you reflect on your journey and it's like, you know, like, wow, I'm, I'm here. But at the same time, you know, when you're a professional and you do this stuff every day and you work towards this every day, like you have that moment, but at the end of the day, you want to do your job as best as you can. And really that's where the focus was. And it is about, you got to this point, let's win it now. Let's, let's do everything we can to help win this game. So. You've got three rings. Uh, Would you trade one of them for an Olympic medal? Yeah. Would I trade one? You know, that's tough. Um, I think each one of those Super Bowl rings has uh, its own personal thing. And I actually talk a lot about that in the book as well. You know, what they mean to me individually, like that first one was like my first one, obviously, you know, you, you love your firstborn. And then the second one was the comeback against Atlanta, you know, 28 to three, had a really good game, special teams as a whole, like kind of what I do was, was a really big part of that game. Um, I, I, that was probably my favorite one. And then, you know, the third one was against one of the greatest offenses we've seen in the NFL in a while. And we held them to three points in a Super Bowl. And, you know, again, we did our part. So, like, they all had their unique, special part in my career. You know, with that being said, do I want to medal in the Olympics? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, one of the things that bothers me most about my career, if I have something that bothers me, it's really nothing does. But, like, at the end of the day, when someone comes up to me and they're like, Hey, you're that football player that, you know, played rugby and you won a medal in the Olympics. I like, I have to correct them and be like, no, we didn't win a medal, but yeah, I went to the Olympics and all that, but like we didn't win a medal. And I hate doing that. And it's not like they do that intentionally. Right. But it's just like, damn. And, you know, that's something if I could change in my career, I definitely would. Um, And, you know, that's why I'm out here training. I'm hoping to, 
you know, we can get that done. Ultimately, I felt like we could have in 16, but we didn't. And it is what it is. And, you know, all you can do is go forward. And that's what we're here doing is hopefully uh, putting the best team together to, you know, give the United States a chance to get that medal. So we'll see. You, you mentioned some of the, the personalities um, you were you were fortunate enough to, to join up with when, when you joined the Patriots. And I'm sure you get asked an awful lot about what crossover skills uh, there are between between the two sports but i was i was just wondering if you know with some of the the characters you've dealt with i mean are, are there universal truths in sport you know is what makes bill belichick such a good coach the same sort of thing that would make someone a good coach in rugby union for example tom brady do the, does the mentality that he has does that translate are there elements you can see from those guys that you could take over into into rugby absolutely but i think all of those things those would you say ultimate truths? Those things are, like you said, building a culture. Um, I think those things are, you know, having a standard for how you go about your work day. Um, whether that be meetings, whether that be practice, whether that be weight room, whether that be nutrition or all the other stuff. Ultimate truths about how your teammates work and how you treat your teammates. You know, I've been on teammate, I've been on teams with we win Super Bowls with some of the best players that'll ever play the game of football, you know? And obviously you think of Tom Brady, he's, he's one of the greatest people aside from football. He's just a great person who treats his teammates well. And at the end of the day, his leadership is not by big speeches and rah-rah moments. It's every day. His work ethic is his standard, is his leadership. And it's like, you see a guy come to work, and he works like that every day and he's the greatest of all time. I better do my, I better do my stuff. You know what I mean? I better fall in line and, you know, work as hard as he's working. And uh, that's just the standard. And I think that is universal throughout sports and can carry over when, when you see guys like Perry Baker, who, you know, are, you know, player of the world multiple times and you see how hard he works. And um, it's a very translatable thing there. Um, when you see that culture that you try to establish, that loving team first culture uh, that you see throughout a bunch of different teams on the circuit and in the world, it's it's definitely uh, translatable. And I think those ultimate truths of teams that have issues, uh, those truths about those teams are the same when you have teams that have issues that are bad teams in other sports as well those type of teams that get poisoned in, in their locker room and it, it starts to split and crack teams. I mean, those truths are, are also true. So absolutely. I mean, those things carry over now. Does a type of player in rugby translate over to football? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. So. Uh, well, I was just wondering if you could give me a bit of an insight to what Bill Belichick is like, because viewers in the UK might only see dispatches of him. But it seems like, I mean, you use the word t- team culture there, and obviously he's been hugely successful as a coach. I was just wondering if you could give us an insight into him. Yeah, I mean, Bill's an ultimate team guy. I think, you know, he seems like a stiff when he's in his media and like no personality, but he is all business. I will say that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Bill has his favorite guys that are Hall of Fame guys that he's coached, right? But outside of that, those guys that are in Bill's locker room presently in those moments, like each team, you know, he, in my opinion, the coach is the one who sets the standard for the culture that you have on your team. And when Bill sets the standard for how hard we need to work and, 
you know, what you, what you work for is what you'll get that type of stuff, that mentality. And he holds that truth to it. I think when he's as hard on a guy like Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time who gets ripped in a meeting uh, just as equally as a free agent rookie who no one even knows his name and that he's even in the room. When you hold them at the same standard in terms of um, there are consequences or bad play or whatever, getting, getting, you know, reamed out in front of the team. It doesn't matter who you are when you have that standard and you treat everyone equally. You, it's very easy as a team to see where you fall in place and, and all you need to do, it's black and white. It makes it easy as a player. And um, ultimately that's what he's trying to do to get the most out of his players to build the best team possible. And uh, I think he does a phenomenal job of driving home that culture. Um, at the end of the day, I, you know, you wish he was a little more personable and, after, you know, from my situation personally, eight years with him, you know, you wish he, you had a more of a personal close relationship, but he does that intentionally, keeps his distance from the guys that he's are in his locker room because there's going to come a day just like everyone's, you know, that, hey, you're no longer going to play here anymore. And, and he's going to have to have that conversation. You know, I just saw Tom was leaving. So I said, you know what, I'm going to leave too if Tom's leaving. But uh, nah, he's a good dude. But ultimately, he 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 walks what he talks, and he drives home that culture. And it starts with him. And um, you know, he's not biased. He he keeps it extremely fair. And I think that's what starts a, a proper culture is not having your favorites or certain guys get to act certain ways, but other guys don't. And I mean, that is not a thing in, in Patriot world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. listening to The Rock, the rugby podcast from The Times and Sunday Times. My name is Alan Dimmick, and with me is Nate Ebner, whose sporting CV is eventful to say the least. Let's get some more from the Super Bowl winning rugby star. 
you touched on the idea of sort of unfinished business from Rio, you know, not getting that medal from the last Olympic Games. You went back to football and, you know, you eventually left the Patriots and moved moved to, to New York. And obviously there was still something that that made you think, I, I want to go back to that. Now, um, taking that decision to to go back to, to sevens again and 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 try and make uh, another Olympic Games. There was obviously something about that, that um, team environment that, that firstly, you thought you'd be welcome back into, but secondly, that you thought, this is a good place. If I, I'm going to achieve my dream, I, it's, it's a realistic thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, first part, I don't think I'm really worried about, you know, I can't spend a lot of time worrying about if somebody's going to welcome me back or not. At the end of the day, if I'm uh, somebody that can help us win, that's all that matters. So I'm sorry if I make you feel uncomfortable because I'm here. You know, that's that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Uh, I'm here because I want the best for us. Whether that means I make it or I don't or you know, I shouldn't even be in camp or I, sh- I shouldn't make the team. I don't know. I'm here to help the United States. That's what I want for rugby in the U.S. And ultimately, if I can be a part of that team, great. Um, you know, but that being said, do I think we have the team that can do that? Absolutely. I mean, look what the U.S. has done the last couple of years. I mean, in my opinion, we let Rio slip. Uh, if you really go back and look at the details there, you know, we should have been in that one um, as tough as we played Fiji who won the gold and then, you know, letting Argentina come back and steal it from us to, to knock us out of the uh, basically the quarters, the, the medal rounds, if you will. So um, yeah, I mean, do we have the team to do it? Absolutely. But you know how sevens is anything can happen and, um, and we'll see. I mean, ultimately there's, there's injuries and stuff like that. We'll see what type of squad we put together. I mean, the same thing goes for other teams and, and whoever's the best on, you know, July 23rd or whatever day it starts. That's that's all that matters. So, You spoke a bit about um, coaching and the environment that's created. Mike Friday, who uh, rugby fans in the UK will know very well, uh, definitely not a shy and retiring kind of guy, a very different kind of character to Bill Belichick, who we're, to, we're talking yeah, yeah. about earlier earlier you know what can you what can you say about him and 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 working with him again I like working with Mike obviously he's a a little more outspoken um but with that you kind of know where you stand with him because he is so outspoken so you know when you know he's happy with what you're doing and you know when he's not happy with it so um I think you know however you go about that in a way Bill was very similar you know he wasn't so outspoken publicly um, as much as, you know, maybe Mike is, but like Bill in those meetings, you know, right away when Bill was happy with something you did or not happy. And it, those things are very similar in that regard. But, you know, I think uh, Mike's a good coach. Seeing what he's done with this team over all the years he's been here has been awesome. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, I'm just trying to buy into everything that he wants us to do as best as I can do it and uh, try to become the best player that I can be for our team. And he's helping me with that. You know, he also does a great job. Um, you know, sevens is different. You don't, you don't have a hundred man roster, or whatever, you know, the NFL has all those guys, you know, it's kind of, it's much more intimate, uh, not only just the team, but you know, there's not a lot of coaches either. So it's like, he does a great job of like handing the keys over to some of the veterans and the captains and, and leadership and, um, letting guys kind of talk through things because at the end of the day you're on the field with those guys and 
that's all that matters, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about rugby is, you know, you pre you prepare properly, but, you know, those guys on the field are the ones that got to make, make and call the shots. It's not football where they sit there with their list and they say, okay, you guys run this play and then we run it. You know, it's, it's a much more beautiful game in my opinion. I'm obviously biased, but yeah. So ultimately, I mean, I think Mike's great and uh, he's, he's trying to get the most out of us and, that's all you can ask for. And you want that in a coach as someone who's, who wants the most for our team and, and for rugby in, in our country, you want someone who's going to drive you to, to get the most out of you. And, you know, that's what he does. And, and that's what we're doing here. You're also a co-owner of uh, the, the new England free Jacks and in, in major league rugby, um, yeah. a league that looks to be, to be growing and moving. Um, where do you see American rugby going in the next couple of years? I think the MLR has been huge in the United States um, and not only big for rugby fans to kind of have something to sink their, their teeth into, to feel rooted in and feel like a part of some type of community around their cities. But I think the MLR has done really well to start off, uh, especially, you know, your second season as a league is through COVID and you got to cancel. And then the third one, you kind of work through it. I mean, a lot of places, businesses in general, let alone ones that just started, um, even ones that have been around for a long time, they, they struggle through that. And the fact that the MLR has come out on the other side of that and not only come out on the other side, but in my opinion, done a great job. I think this year has been pretty awesome. Um, the quality of the game itself has improved seeing what teams are doing with some, some stadiums and, and, and the fan bases there and just the creativity they've, they've started to show, um, you know, not only do I feel lucky to be a part of it, but I just think big picture wise, it's so awesome as, as a, as a true rugby guy in the United States to have something like this really gain some footing in the U S especially as a player who played in, startup leagues that they tried to get going and seeing those things try to work out. This is, this is going to stick in my opinion. Uh, I really don't have many doubts about that. And I think it's only going to continue to improve as, you know, as really good players start to see this league and want to come over here and play and fans start to uh, feel a part of their community. You know, it's, it's only going to continue to grow. They're, the leadership throughout the league is doing it the right way. And um, you know, in the near future, I think you're going to just start to see more and more fans uh, in those stadiums and better stadiums, better, better broadcasting, uh, better play. All of that's just quality is going to continue. So, Do you think the U.S. needs a, a Rugby World Cup sooner rather than later? I would like the U.S. to kind of have more exposure to rugby before there's a tournament as prestigious as a World Cup if that makes sense. I mean, I would love for us to medal in the Olympics to get people to say, wow, we, you know, what was that? I, I would love for people to see more of the MLR. I would love for maybe some of the seven series and, and some more of those leagues start to be broadcasted and that foothold in the U.S. and rugby gain a little bit more so that when that rugby World Cup does come, you know, you do have some people that are going to lose their mind over it because they've been waiting for like, you know, it's the biggest event in rugby, right? Like that would be amazing, but I don't want that to come before 
we're ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So, but yes, I would, I would love that if there was a world cup in the U S but how do you know when you're ready? You know, at what point do you go, right. Okay. The U S is, you know, ding, it's gone off. We're We're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that. When you look at the rugby, the, the sevens world cup and the turnout that that had in San Francisco, that was phenomenal, right? I mean, they, they, uh, that was a, that was really well done. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I would hate to see us not fulfill like what I, what as an NFL player and I've seen the machine that is the NFL and I'm in it and I've been in it for like a decade. Right. And at Ohio state, it's the same thing. 110,000 fans at our games is crazy. You know, I see the potential of sport in this country and I just want to bring a, a little bit of that juice to a rugby world cup. And I think we're close, you know, if it was next year, I'd say maybe a bit early, but I think, uh, you know, obviously that would be great for rugby, but um, I just, I want to do rugby justice as well by, by when they come to the United States and see us uh, embrace the world and, and the sport, I want them to be like remembering that experience as well. Right. So with your management hat on and it's, you know, you've, you've covered so many different aspects in sport, but with a, a sort of sports management hat on and looking at the MLR, what would you like to see? What do you think needs to happen there for the, for the next steps? It looks like it's growing steadily. There's certainly more of a buzz growing about there. There seems to be more coverage than there were in previous iterations of professional rugby in the U S where would you like to see the MLR go in, in the next couple of years? I would like to see the MLR where every franchise is playing in their own stadium, whatever that is. There's not lacrosse or soccer, you know, lines on the field. They're in their own legitimate stadium. It's a rugby pitch. I want to see them selling out. I want to see the broadcasting for the, the streaming of, of the games on a, on a major platform. I think what the rugby network has done has been absolutely phenomenal for rugby fans to be able to just go and watch the games. I think that's just been great. I want to be able to package that up even in a better, you know, they're doing a good job, but even better production and uh, more and more cameras and and broadcasting and all that stuff. And I'd love to see that on a major, you know, a major platform, media streaming platform. And, you know, I think those are goals that we need that are definitely, you know, plausible. Um, but there's still some work that needs to be done. But like I said, I, I'm really impressed with the growth, but it needs to continue. So we'll see. And obviously you're on this uh, Olympic journey and you hope to be traveling out to, to Tokyo. Uh, at the end of that, do you, do you intend to go back to football? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, the, the New York Giants and I have agreed to, to terms. Um, you know, I, obviously they're going to want me to go back and pass a physical after all of this, but hoping and assuming that's all good yeah I'll go right into a a football season my 10th season um with the with the New York Giants so hopefully all all goes well we'll see actually just talking practically what was it like transitioning back to football from the the, your last stint uh back in rugby I thought it was uh rather I want to say easy but just the fitness requirement for rugby sevens to go play football where you run for six seconds and stop for 30 or more. It was, uh, yeah, it was easy. I mean, in in terms of 
the knowledge of the game of football is what makes football hard is putting yourself in the right position all the time, being consistent. And then when you have to strike somebody or hit them or block them or whatever, that you're in a power position because you're under control. And all of those things culminate to like where your head's at in that play. And, you know, luckily for me, I have been playing for a while. So I kind of know those things. So with that mental understanding, the physical side was just, smooth I mean it was just and I had tackled so much over those months that going in and you know doing a tackling drill was just it was nothing it's just I had been doing it right and I was in really good shape so yeah it was it was easier going to football than it was going to rugby I'll say that well okay what made it so hard going the other way because that energy system that requirement of your cardiovascular systems to be at the level that they need to be at internationally for, for sevens is just outrageous. And you just don't, you just don't walk around with that. People don't just walk around with the ability to play sevens for seven minutes at that capacity and, and run full speed with their heart rate, reaching in the one nineties to two hundreds and then tackle somebody, get up, wrestle them in a ruck. And then they got to chase somebody else down. And then they get this brief moment to recover with their heart rate at one sixty, And then they got to do it again. Like you just, you don't just walk around with that ability. You have to work every day to, to have that capacity. And once you get that, then things are better, but football, you don't have to have that. I remember back in um, 2016 being at the Hong Kong Sevens, and you were you were playing in the Hong Kong Tens to try yeah. and get your fitness up. Uh, it was pretty humid already. It was pretty warm, and I remember seeing you afterwards. And obviously, a lot of people were interested in your story, and I could see you going, "Oh no, not another one!" But you could tell as well it was wearing you down a little bit. I'm imagining that that was just in that period where you were transitioning back you must have yeah, been that was like my first that was my first tournament I was like my first tournament nutrition wasn't great I was running on fumes yeah that was that that one blew me out but hey, we made it to them we made it to the final and the final went to like double overtime too I was just like geez yeah that was a, that was a lot I probably pulled like four muscles from fatigue but it, you know we got through it we got through it that was a fun tournament I had a blast Okay, so this time round, I'm imagining, you know, people always talk, people in sport always talk about, there's loads of cliches about take the learnings from losses or from hardships or everything. Has it been easier this time, switching in from from football to rugby? Uh, Essentially, I mean, last time, look, I mean, the last time I transitioned, the previous time I had played rugby, I was in a college sevens tournament, you know, and then it was like a six-year break. And now here I am with the national team, not only trying to play at an international level, but I don't know how they do things. I don't know what practice is. I could take you to a football practice and have you do some DB drills with me and you just wouldn't know what you were doing. You'd be, you'd be lost. And it's not because you couldn't do it. It's just because you don't even know why you're doing it. And things like that were hard to transition to. Like, what drill are we doing? Why are we doing it? What am I trying to benefit from in doing this drill? You know what I mean? Like when I do DB drills, I know exactly what I'm doing and what, what capacity and why I'm doing it right like that's how you get better from drills is you you know what situation you would apply it to in a game if you're doing drills and you don't know when it would be applied in a game you're wasting your time so just learning that uh that was tough so yeah I mean this time around having 
you know, and I was out here last year before COVID hit. So yeah, I've been around these guys. I kind of understand the systems. I kind of understand, you know, our drills. Uh, yeah, those things definitely make it easier. I, I knew what to expect, you know, physically this time around. I thought I did last time. I was dead wrong. It was much harder. Um, so this time, you know, I, I didn't take that for granted. And yeah, I, I think being able to prepare myself coming into it. Uh, yes, I was, I was, those things were definitely easier. Does it make it easier physically? No, I mean, you still got to go do it. You still got to go handle business. So from rugby, we've seen guys like Alex Gray and Christian Wade try to transition from rugby uh, to football the other way with the the um, the pathway system that they've got there for players from from Europe to try and make it. And obviously, there are allowances on squad on rosters to to and practice squads for these guys. How difficult is that? And can you understand why? After some initial buzz about players, we were yet to see a player from rugby union switch over and really make it in the, in the big time in the NFL because it's just you know it's it's apples and oranges yeah. a lot. I mean, look, I did it when I walked on at Ohio State. I hadn't, I didn't play high school football. I didn't really know much about football. Um, and I, as I talk about in the book. You know, that was one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in my life because I just had played in three junior World Cups. I'm playing against South Africa and 22 of 26 of their starters are under pro contracts. Like I'm playing against some of the best players in the world, you know. And so I'm like, I know I'm athletic. I know I can handle that stuff. But football is the ultimate chess match. I mean, there's no question. There's no game like the NFL football. I mean, even college doesn't compare NFL football is the ultimate chess match. You got so many situations and down distance and personnel groupings. And I mean, don't get me started. There's so much there. And for someone who knows nothing about that stuff to just go in at the top level and just, you know, I was lucky. I had a couple years at Ohio state to try to get my feet wet, but to just kind of go in there and expect to understand, like we just talked about with those drills you know, to not only the drills, but the, the playbook and, and why you're doing these things and understand the philosophy of football. I mean, that's a big ask, right? I mean, those dudes are extremely talented athletically. No one would argue that. It's just there's this understanding of the game. And, and you know, on the flip side of this, this is why it bothers me so much when people, you know, what NFL players would make great rugby players. You know, uh, if we got this guy in the NFL to play play rugby, he'd be great. And I'm like, no, he probably wouldn't because he doesn't know what he's doing. You, simply put, you know, you can – they made someone in the U.S. made some list of football players that could play on the sevens team. I'm like, get those seven football players out on a pitch with our national team, and our national team will run circles around those dudes. They will have them 40 nothing before halftime. Like they just couldn't compete because they don't know what they're doing. That same respect going back from rugby to football, you know, it's a chess game. There's a lot. There is a lot of stuff there. And the NFL is 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 a beast. So it's even harder at that level. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that they could speak to the difficulty of the amount of information that you have to – can you have to consume and download and as soon as i tell you what play it is you better do it you got to do it right and you got to do it fast and you better not mess up a single step and until you can do that you know they can't trust you 
You know what I mean? And then it's like, we can't put a guy in that we can't trust because we got another guy that might not be as athletic, but I know he will do exactly what our play is. And that's football. And that's unfortunate because it's a bit of a coach's game. It's not a player's game like rugby. It's a coach's game. So you got to, you got to earn that trust that no matter what the situation, this guy will handle it because he knows what he's doing. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. So you know, that was a, that's a tough task. It really is a tough task. Nate, I've, I've spoken to you recently and, you, and you've said that when football's over and your body's broken, you're still going to go back and play rugby. Is, is, is that the case? Do you think this is something that, that, that you'll be doing? It depends on how broken my body is. <laughs> but uh, no, I will. Yeah. I mean, even if it's, you know, to, to go out and pass the ball around or help coach guys or, you know, or maybe I'm feeling good and I want to play in the MLR or maybe I'm feeling really good and I want to, you know, do something else. Like I, I can't tell you, but I can tell you there will be involvement with rugby. No question. It's just, I mean, it's been in my life since day one. It's not like I just picked this up, you know, late in life or I just played when I was a kid. It's been there all the way through, you know, and it's, I've, I said this in a, in a interview I did recently, you know, rugby has made me who I am. And for me to, kind of act like that hasn't been a massive part of my past that would be fraudulent so you know that's what it is that's what it is so yeah uh i'll I'll be back to rugby at what capacity i don't know nate good luck in camp thank you man i appreciate it thanks for having me many thanks to nate edner the ruck will return on monday and if you've enjoyed the show make sure you leave a review and if you're new to the ruck make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.